Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one pizzeria in the world that can bring you the number one podcast in the world for one night only. On March the 7th, 2023, Satchel's Pizza celebrates 20 years in business by presenting the original Wave Rider, Kid Midas. And from way down south in North Carolina, Long John Silver performing their hit podcast, Election Profit Makers, live and on stage in Gainesville, Florida at 8 p.m. So make your travel arrangements today. Satrick Man is flying in and out of Gainesville directly. Airport is five minutes from Petrie and airport is easy in and out. EPM 100% discount code's not valid. Month of March. Ask your doctor if too much fun is right for you. We are headed to the belly of the beast, John. Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville, Florida. The home of the University of Florida alligators. Gators. The gators, right? One of your favorite animals to be obsessed about. Yeah. They got a lot of gators. When we're down there, am I going to be holding your hand the whole time because you're worried about an alligator grabbing you out of a golf course water trap? And No, I'm not scared of gators. I'm fine. I, I won't go any near, near any watering holes. Satchel's Pizza, Tuesday, March 7th, 20th anniversary of the pizzeria. And John and I will be there hosting a live episode of our podcast, which is called Election Profit Makers. Apparently, there's going to be a big... Surprise. Ruminate on that as you buy your airplane tickets to the Gainesville, Florida airport. John, what's the Gainesville airport code? I would guess that it's GVL, but it's probably not. It's GNV. That is, I think, not great. I booked our tickets. I hope I booked it to the right location. What if I booked it to Geneva, Switzerland? Yeah, it is GNV. Gainesville, of course, commonly known as the Geneva of Florida. Because of its high alpine skiing and delicious crusty breads. Gainesville Regional Airport. There we go. Uh, yeah, so we'll see you in Florida, everybody. Spread the word. Let's have a let's have a real hootenanny. This will be exciting. I've never been to Gainesville. Um, so You've never been to Gainesville? Why would I ever go to Gainesville? I don't know. Maybe you were touring to promote your collection of cartoons in 2002 and you would go to any little comic book shop, indie indie info shop that would have you, including Gainesville, Florida. I believe I've been pretty much everywhere in Florida but Gainesville. So this is going to be a huge bingo card moment for you. Yeah. I've never been to Tallahassee. That's what they say. Tallahassee. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Tallahassee. I think they say tally, but they don't say Tallahassee. But I've never been to Tallahassee either. Been close. Okay. How close have you been to Tallahassee? I uh, was in Miramar Beach last year. No kidding. Think, Miramar yeah, Beach. And what's yeah. that like, John? I don't know. You know, okay. it's, on, it's on the- but Can we start the podcast? Sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm just having anxiety about finally meeting Satchel. It's going to be a night to remember, everybody. Tuesday, March 7th. All right. Yeah. Turning now to the outline that I've prepared in our Google Docs so as to guide our discussion through this podcast episode. Yes. 
I see that the number one item is portfolio update with a note from me saying we are stuck in Fauci limbo. Although no, we, we are not. What happened? Uh, breaking news. The Fauci market. Will Fauci remain in a IA? D director through the end of uh, 2022 was resolved this morning. Uh, for the last week, I have been trying to exit that market. I think I announced last week that I would be exiting the market, and it took all week. And finally, this weekend, I was able to get out. I think I was trying to get out at 88 cents. I ended up getting out at 86 cents, and uh, they resolved it. That. Uh, for yes this morning so at long last at long last i could have if i just waited i got my 18 dollars. that was a real nail nail biter you told me that was a sure thing which is why i invested 180 dollars to get a 198 payoff yeah and it turns out it was a sure thing i don't know what the delay was it was just a long slow slog i took all my money and just withdrew it i'm out wait wait yeah. No, John, there's still like a month left. What am I supposed to do? Invest in these markets that are left. What 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 we'd have no idea what's going to happen on February 15th or 16th. Gosh, they're down to 16 markets now with the resolution of the Fauci market. Now, amazingly, GOP Senate seats after the midterms is still open as is GOP governors after the midterms. Both of those markets trading between 98 and 99 cents have not resolved. Why is the GOP Senate seat, why is that not resolved? Well, if you look at the rules, the end date is actually February 10th. Oh, So okay. uh, there's still a room for things to go south, somebody to not show up or resign or or something like that. So And and when does when is predicted's last day? When does it shut down? It, I believe it's the 15th. That's February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah. That's going to be a real gut punch. Yeah. The the day after Valentine's Day, when you wake up hungover and love drunk. Rose petals scattered all over the bed. Melted chocolate from your fondue party sprayed against the walls. And then you go to log on to predict it. And then you see it's closed by order of the CFTC. That's going to be a real cold. That's going to be, uh, what do they say? A rude awakening, let's say. That'll be a rude awakening. But John, yeah, I mean, there's a, still me... a chance that they somehow okay. remain open. I uh, was I, talking, I... but um, okay. Why oh, okay. Don't you... Sorry. <laughs> just I just kidding. don't I think just... it's, I just don't think it's likely they're going to remain open. But I would just say that maybe it could happen. But John, that won't apply to you because you are completely out of predicted. I mean, for now, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I took my money. I didn't want to take any risks. The whole thing is shutting down. Is this the first time since 2016 that you've been all the way out of prediction? No, no. I think at one point I did, uh, you know, I think when I got my car, I just took everything out. Um, to pay for the predicted mobile. Yeah, but it was it was not long before I was back in. So do you still have an account? Can you log in? Yeah, yeah. It just says cash, zero. Oh, my gosh. Shares, zero. Meanwhile, I've got cash, $209.24, investment, $480, because I'm still invested in GOP 2024 presidential nominee, which which is not looking good for me at this point, because Donald Trump used to be 20 cents beneath DeSantis. He's now only 8 cents behind DeSantis. 
And then I'm in 2024 Democratic presidential nominee where Joe Biden is holding steady at 54 cents. Why did I buy 100 100 shares that Kamala Harris would be the nominee. What was I thinking? That was a really bad investment. Well, you know, it was it wasn't much more than say 18 months ago. I'm not sure when you bought this that the Biden was trading particularly uh yeah, it wasn't more than like 18 months ago that Biden was his poll numbers had hit their absolute worst. So. And now he's uh, coming on the up and up, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. He's close to like a 2-year high at the moment uh, according to 538 and I don't know if if this is where the momentum stops because apparently he's in serious trouble from the the classified documents. Oh my god. Can um, you believe that? I was like, "Joe, bruh." Yeah. Sometimes all you can do is just look at the TV and shake your head slowly and just say, "Bruh." Joe, bruh. Okay, let what me look at this. Let me just say, sorry, don't mean to interrupt, but it was July of 2022. That actually wasn't very long ago. No, it was less than a year ago. He was at 37.7% approval. That's when the red wave discourse was reaching its apex. Right. Now he's at uh, 44%. Look at Joe. Now, of course, we have found that exactly like Donald Trump, Joe Biden has been secreting classified documents at his private residence and refusing to turn them over. John, is it true that there is no difference between these two situations? (laughs) They're two sides of the same coin. And now Trump, the FBI must stop raiding Mar-a-Lago because they didn't raid Joe Biden. Do I have that correctly? No, you do not have that correctly. This is a thing that happens apparently uh, all the time. And when these classified documents are discovered, uh, the people turn it over and then they go through an assessment, um, which is exactly what Joe Biden has done here. That's not to excuse the fact that they screwed up and had classified documents. Uh, they did. But it's different than what happened with Trump. He had classified documents, uh, discovered them, did not turn them over, told them to take a long walk off a short pier. That's mm. a saying. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Kick rocks. Yep. Another classic. Uh, and uh, so that's a big difference. All that uh, There's a lot of people fretting that this is going to fuck up the Trump thing and make Biden look bad. I kind of don't see it. I kind of think Joe Biden will be fine. Joe Biden, for those of you who don't know, is the most invincible and most powerful president of our lifetimes. <laughs> and <laughs> Joe Biden should simply turn to Donald Trump the next time the two of them meet. <laughs> And yeah. say, I'm the rubber, you're the glue, bounces off me and sticks to you. Wouldn't that be a cool? That would be cool. He could say that. Or um, if he wanted to say another classic um, zinger that we used to say on the schoolyard in my elementary school days, if Donald Trump happens to be wearing blue jeans <laughs> that are a little short because he's had a growth spurt, okay, this so is- that the, the jeans are, the cuff of the jean is above the ankle. Right. Joe Biden should take a page out of the Glenwood Elementary playbook of playground zingers and look at him and say, oh, is there a flood coming? I see you're wearing your high waters. Yeah. Did you say used to say that over at Ephesus Elementary? Oh, yeah. No, that was always a good one. I even heard people say that in college sometimes to people. Ouch. Really? That yeah. feels a little late in the game. Yeah, it did, did. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine Donald Trump just wearing a pair of blue jeans that are just a little too short? Wouldn't that be so interesting? Yeah. 
I'm sure he's worn blue jeans. There must be photos of him in the 80s wearing acid wash jeans, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. All right. So why is Joe Biden's approval rating up and why has it not really affected this um, 2024 Democratic presidential nomination market? Well, hasn't it? Let's look at the 30-day average. He was at a high of 64 cents on January 8th. Now he's down to 54 cents. So yeah, just he's over pro- a week he's, ago. He's probably down because of uh, the classified documents scandal. And the rise was just due to um, the economy, uh, just everything going well for him. His approval right. going up. So that, that uh, yeah. All right. All right. So Biden is now trading at 54 cents. Should I buy? I bought most of my 100 shares at 38 cents. Should I buy more at 54 cents and buy on this dip that I assume is because of these classified documents? Will 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 old Joe go back up again? Um yes, but again, uh the the predicted is not long for this world. So we just don't know how these these are going. I mean, how how do you think they're going to resolve? Have they have they still not said what they're going to do? No, no, they've not said what they're going to do. Are they? No, it seems a little sketchy at this point. We're like four weeks away from this place shutting down, and they haven't told people how they're going to close out markets that will not have resolved by the time. Well, there's still lawsuits that are pending, so uh, it may be something that just happens at the last moment. Should I get out of predict it? I had so much money in there, I couldn't risk it. Yeah, you. I mean, you had a lot more money in than I did. I have about what do I have in there? Oh, my portfolio value is $666.34. Yeah, man, you need to get out. That's too much money. You can't lose that money. I know. I can't afford to lose that money. Oh, I don't know what to do, but I don't want to leave until I get kicked out. It's like being at a party. Why would I leave until the host demands that I leave? That's kind of how I feel right now. There's nobody at this party. Everybody's left. No, that's not true. Then I'll be the last person at the party. I can help tidy up. I'll write to predict it and say, do you need help? any help tidying up? I know how yeah. to do HTML coding. Yeah. You'd be like, I'll take the ice outside and dump it in the front yard. Yeah, exactly. I like doing stuff like that. Just yeah. helping out a little, earning my keep. Would you like me to dry those dishes like that? Do you have a little tea towel I could use to tidy up this countertop? Yeah. I, we had a family reunion this weekend. I had to do a lot of that after afterwards. Really? Yeah. I dumped the ice. That's why I brought that up. Because my nice. dad was like, here's some ice. Do you need any ice? And I was mm-hmm. like, yes. I need some loose ice to take home. Your dad was looking out for you. Yeah. I was like, what What am I going to do? Repackage the ice? I was like, no, I think we'll just put this in the front yard. So you just dumped the ice into the front yard. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And it just melted. Wasn't a Incredible. problem. Incredible. And you weren't upset that having to deal with all that water? <laughs> no, I didn't have to drink it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But what if an ice cube had bounced off the ground and gone right into your mouth and then you would have filled yourself with water in your mouth? I know that would yeah. have been like <laughs> triggering <laughs> no. for you. Yeah, that would have been a problem. You know, there's a big discussion on our uh, Discord for Patreon members about how often you are supposed to urinate in a day. Oh, once an hour. Someone said that a doctor in their family said that you should be peeing six to seven times a day. If you are normal. That's all? That's all? I pee so much more than that. Okay. So I looked it up on the internet and it turns out someone else said the same thing, but they also said that 
anywhere between the range as as little as four or as much oh, as ten is fine. What kind of is coming out if you're only peeing four times a day? So it just said as long as you're healthy, you know that range between four and ten is okay. So I've started tracking myself, and I got here and we go. I got to say that yesterday, mm-hmm. my first time tracking, I had four. And, but I had one right at midnight, so I counted that one. So it was five. You really are not drinking. You are not drinking enough water. You need to be. I, I'm drinking. I'm drinking plenty of water. I'm so convinced that you're not drinking enough water. This is no. like a hill I'll truly die on. I, I tr- and, and so far today, three times. Okay, that's more like it. I want to see you at six by the end okay. of the day. All right. Okay. Because we're trying to get you wet. You need to get you need your hair looks really dried out. What is that? Gatorade? No, drink water, man. Water, natural water from the earth. Okay. John, when we were when we were rhapsodizing over the Kevin McCarthy speaker vote, we forgot to mention something very important that happened on that Friday evening. And this was a huge part of why we were so exhilarated and excited. We deployed a number that you've had in your phone for years and years, and it was a sort of in case of emergency break glass type of moment. And why don't you explain what we did? We had uh, Congressman Paul Gosar, Republican Congressman Paul Gosar's phone number through a uh, secret connection. We had his cell number, and uh, I think I've had it for a few years and so, yeah, we just de- we decided um, to use it that night because we kept seeing him on the C-SPAN feed. Well, not only was he on the C-SPAN feed, wasn't there a moment where he didn't vote? Yes, there was. Yeah, that that's was right. The specific thing. He was like a real linchpin of the whole operation coming off. Yeah. So, so we um, we <laughs> I sent him a couple of uh, texts, and then I think you did too, right? Yeah, you sent me his contact info, and I sent him a text, and I said, please, Mr. Gosar, and I fucked up. I should have said, please, Representative Gosar, but I said, please, Mr. Gosar, please vote for Hakeem Jeffries, political jujitsu. Yeah, I'm looking to- at it right now. At 10.35 p.m., I write, Congressman, are you mm-hmm. voting or not? <laughs> right, because he had missed a vote. And then two minutes later, I wrote, sir, Fox News is reporting you're voting for Jeffries. I thought if I just threw something out like that. Power of suggestion is called neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. And then at 11.11, when fistfights were breaking out on the floor, I wrote in all caps, WTF, sir, is going on. Write me back. (laughs) He never uh, wrote back. No, he never wrote back. And now I worry that we may have like burned we may have burned that bridge. You think that was still his number? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they probably do get a decent amount of texts from people that they're not necessarily – they know who they are or that it may not be in their contacts. Hmm. Maybe I should have identified myself and said that I was – You should have said you were like a really powerful lobbyist from – Yeah, or I should have said I was on George Santos's staff or something. Or you could have said I'm a, I work for Tucker Carlson and Tucker wants you to vote for Hakeem Jeffries. He'll explain later. Like yeah. That. Again, I'm not sure that we handled it well. Boy, oh boy, though, the rush was exquisite. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Nine to five watch party. We had a lot of fun with some Patreon people watching nine to five and discussing it live on the Discord. And now the commentary track has been recorded for posterity. You can find it on the Patreon 
at patreon.com slash election profit makers. I was impressed overall with the movie nine to five after not seeing it for many, many years. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Same here. And did you know, John, that two of the stars of that movie, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, have a new movie coming out called 80 for Brady? No. You heard about that? We should have known about that and mentioned it. Yeah, we fucked up. And I'm going to tell you something else. Speaking of uh, Jane Fonda, there is a movie that I saw that came out in 2018, also starring Jane Fonda. It's called Book Club. Have you ever seen this movie? No. Okay. This is an objectively great movie. I got emotional watching this movie. It's about Jane Fonda, Diane Keaton, Candace Bergen, and Mary Steenburgen, women of a certain age who decide to get together and read an erotic masterpiece called Fifty Shades of Grey. I trust you've heard of that volume. Are you speaking to me? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm speaking to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've read it, definitely. Uh, and it totally upends their lives, and it's a great movie. Jane Fonda is having a hot streak in her in her golden years. She's like on fire with all these movies. Huh. So check out Book Club, everybody. I really recommend it. How does it upend their lives? Well, the desires are acknowledged, expressed, and even acted upon. I'll just leave it at that. All right. It's pretty, and um, you know who's in it? The love interest is, um, oh, who is it? I think it's Andy Garcia. And let's just say he's fairly attractive in this movie. He's <laughs> incredible. Right. He's so suave. He's so it's, sexy. He's very Men yeah. of a certain age, John, they're called silver foxes. Yeah, I know. I'm heading in that direction. Well, you're not because you don't you drink so little water that your hair doesn't have enough liquid to turn yeah, gray. That's, that's why your right. hair is still brown like 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 sticks. Like pine needles, some of the driest things in the world. Do you ever wake up in the morning and roll out of bed and just run out into the lawn and just shove a bunch of pine needles into your mouth to really dry out your mouth? (laughs) You ever do that? No. Okay. No. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, I'm not that dry. You're so dry. (laughs) UNC Sports Update, friends. Hey. What's the latest, Johnny? You know, Carolina signed the number two player in the entire class of 2024, a guy by the name of Ian Jackson, a shooting guard out of New York. It is the highest rated player that UNC has signed since they signed Harrison Barnes back in 2010. And it's the first one and done type player. These one and done, meaning these are the players that come out of high school and they're so good, they're only going to play one year in college. Uh, It's the first one and done type player that UNC has uh, out recruited other blue blood schools for. So they beat out Kentucky. So that was very exciting. Let's just say that uh, we're back up. UNC? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. What about the remainder of this season, though? The last time we spoke about UNC basketball. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen the remainder of this season, but I do know that uh, the future looks bright. Really? Yeah. How bright is the future? It's very bright. It's so bright. (laughs) Yeah. How bright is the future, So bright, you might have to put on shades. Put them on. You may, might have, might have just to just like the song went. The might have to so bright, put you on might have to put on shades. Yeah. That's what they say. You might have to don some shades. Don some shades. Wear them. Wear them. Okay, it's that bright, huh? It is. Yeah. 
You might have to wear some shades. Yeah, you might have to wear the shades where they come down and it says, deal with it. (laughs) Is that a real thing you can buy? (laughs) Sunglasses that say deal with it? Uh, No, I don't think so. But that's a meme, you know? It's like, deal with it. Oh, I would love those. Oh, man. Someone get me some of those. Please bring them to Gainesville. I'll wear those in Florida because it'll be sunny in Florida. Florida's known as the sunshine state. Yeah. Because, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to be drier than ever. No, it's not going to be dry. It's going to be so moist and humid. We're going to do so many dry comedy jokes. Water, water comedy. Water comedy jokes. Uh Oh, my God. I just had the flash of this memory. John. Oh, my gosh. The hardest I've ever laughed in my life. (laughs) At least top five. I don't think I've ever told you this. So when I first lived in New York City, listeners, you'll enjoy this story as well. (laughs) This is in the fall of 2000. Yeah. Our friend and has been a guest on this podcast, Bill Scherer. Is that when you moved to New York? 2000, yep. The fall. Yep. Right when I left. Yep, exactly. I was chasing you. I was hot on your tail, but you evaded me. Catch me if you can. It was just like that movie. (laughs) You're right. Bill Scherer was hosting a variety show at this place called the Brooklyn Lyceum, which was an old bathhouse on 4th Avenue in Park Slope, Brooklyn. This grand, this formerly grand old building that was now kind of in disrepair and had a bunch of random arts, low budget arts things going on. It had a little tiny black box theater. And Bill Share started hosting a variety show with like musicians and comedians. This is back when Bill Share, who is now a famous pundit, was writing parody comedy songs in the manner of Weird Al Yankovic, if you can what? imagine this. We've all had storied careers that take us hither and yon, different different projects we've worked on over the years as we seek the full expression of our truest self. I thought Bill Sher was a complete nerd. He is. Oh, okay, so I mentioned that somebody writes parody songs okay. in the manner of Weird Al. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought no, that that's guy cool. was a nerd. No, no. I didn't no. know he was the coolest dude in the world. I just thought he was like a <laughs> pundit. <laughs> All right. I didn't know. Hold on. You're telling me this guy who I thought was a nerd actually wrote parody songs in the Mm -hmm. style of Weird Al? Well, this guy's no nerd. He's a jock. (laughs) Okay. Bill Share was writing these parody songs. Mm -hmm. I still have his debut CD, which is called S-U-C-K in the USA instead of R-O-C-K in the USA. John, your mind is blown right now. I'm schooling you right now. I'm schooling you right now. Yeah. I trust this is not hidden information and Bill Share won't be mad at me for sharing this. This is many, many, many years ago. This is this is almost a quarter century ago. We S-U-C-K been... in the USA. It's funny stuff, right? So Bill Share used to host this variety show. And I went one night and saw the funniest thing in the world. These two guys, I've Googled this so much in the intervening years and I've never been able to find more information about it. These two guys came out doing horrible Russian accents <laughs> and saying that they were the originators of something called Russian water comedy, <laughs> where they would, this, you, this would be your nightmare, but I was in absolute paradise. They came on stage with huge bottles of water <laughs> and they would tell horrible jokes and take a huge swig of water and then just spit water everywhere. It was like guar. It was like going to a guar concert with just water. <laughs> okay. And it was called Russian water comedy. And they had this whole backstory about who was the originator of Russian water comedy and how they were sleeping with each other's wives. And it was like so silly and dumb. 
And I had never seen something so silly. And like water was going everywhere. It was like, it's like, it's that kind of thing where anything went, you know, like it was just water coming out of somebody's mouth. But because it's in the context of a theater, it feels kind of like dangerous, you know, like there's a, there's an element of like anything could happen. This guy's spitting water on the audience. Was the audience holding up cellophane? No, it's protect, not like, like Blue Man Gallagher. Group. No, it was just too, it was too wild. No one knew what was going to happen. It was just like, okay. oh, Russian water comedy. I wonder what that's about. Next thing they know, these two maniacs, these kids are probably like 22 year old Brooklyn kids, you know, just having a goof, spitting water on people. I was, oh my God, it was so funny. Anyway, it's a little trip down memory lane featuring pundit Bill Share and the two uh, unknown creators of something called Russian water comedy. One of the funniest performances I've ever seen in my life. Was that an inspiration for Chinese foot comedy? Hmm. It sort of seems like it's in the same. Maybe that's where that, when we were in China, we were trying to trip trip each other and we called it Chinese foot comedy. Maybe that's where the construction, maybe that's where that yeah. phraseology comes from. Yeah. Russian water comedy, Chinese foot comedy. John, that must be it. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, it may have been unconscious, but. Yeah. It was yeah. surely unconscious, but yeah, that's absolutely what it was. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Well, maybe maybe when we do our live event down in Gainesville, we can do some um, Gainesville water comedy. That would be fun. All right. Get, get nice and watery. We had a listener ask us, what did exactly did Kevin McCarthy give up to the maniacs in order to secure the speakership? We, were, we, were, we alluded to this last week. Do you know what the answer is? Um, I know it involves crashing the U.S. economy. Yeah. Yeah, they they're basically preparing a plan to tell the Treasury Department um what to do if Congress and the White House don't agree to lift the nation's debt limit. The plan, which was part of a private deal with McCarthy and Chip Roy of Texas, is that McCarthy agreed to pass a payment prioritization plan by the end of the first quarter of the year. What does that mean exactly? It's just that um the Republicans are preparing to threaten to not lift the national debt ceiling without major spending cuts from the Biden administration. I assume all those spending cuts will be concentrated entirely in the Pentagon budget? No, probably not. Economists warn that not raising the debt limit could cause the United States to default, sparking a major panic on Wall Street and leading to millions of job losses. That would not be great. Uh, Janet but Yellen- But it would be worth it if we got to cut Medicaid and Social Security. May right? be on the right, it would be worth it. But- uh, We got to cut Social Security. So Janet Yellen is saying that the Treasury Department will take extraordinary measures to ensure that that doesn't happen and that they are able to meet their payment obligations. The Fed will start buying government bonds or something, right? Something, yeah. It gets very They're not going to print then... the magical coin that everybody on the left wants them to print, the $1 trillion coin. Yeah. Joe Mint Biden the says coin. he's not going to do that. So they have to do something else. So that's one of the big things that McCarthy gave up in order to secure those votes. And then there's some other stuff that's kind of like insider horse trading stuff, like the um, now it only takes one representative to call for a vote of no confidence in the speaker. And the reason that Matt Gates was lunged at by what's his name is because I think, didn't McCarthy give him the chair of the Armed Services Committee in exchange for his vote? Wasn't that what the guy was mad about? He was the I the think lunger. that was the rumor at first, but I don't think in the end that they, I don't think that that happened in the end. So no committee assignments were exchanged for their votes of uh, yes for McCarthy as speaker? 
Not that I'm aware of at this point. I'm sure that this stuff will come out for a long time. Yeah. We'll learn more and more things that were traded away. I hope Paul Gosar got something good. Maybe we could get a little taste since we texted him that night, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. We've got there's got to be a way that we can confirm that this that his number is still good. Do you think if you called him, he would pick up? Uh, not on the house floor, no. Maybe you know, back in the day when it, when uh, one of these strategies for when you're trying to get an interview with somebody to get a job was to call them. This doesn't work anymore because nobody has an administrative assistant or anything. But you would call somebody after hours where their their secretary would not pick up the phone and they may be more likely to pick up the phone themselves. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. you would have them on the line and say, hey, could we have an informational interview? And they are, because the gatekeeper isn't there, they would just say, okay, sure. The boss is working late at the office. The, the, the receptionist has gone home. That's right. The phone rings. The boss is like, oh, I'll take a chance. Hello? Yeah, I remember getting a, a couple of weird interviews to, uh, to happen using that strategy, which I read really? probably in, in a book somewhere. Uh, maybe the same thing would work if you called Paul Gosar, not you know at two o'clock on a weekday, but if you called him at eleven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. that he'd be more willing to pick it up because he's thinking this this has to be this has got to be something important. It's eleven or, at night. Yeah, you should try it. Try it and record it for the podcast. Okay. All right. 11 p.m. some night, call that number, and if he picks up, says hello, you say, you say, Paul, say, hey, Paul. Uh, okay. Say, uh, hey, say, my name's John Kimball. I'm an up-and-coming political analyst, and um, I would love you to pass a bill that makes drinking water out of huge clanging water bottles illegal. Yeah. And then see what he says. Yeah. You might have a fellow, you might, you might have a fellow dry mouth. Yeah. You know? He might find common cause with you. Yeah, you're right. He's from he's from Arizona. It's quite arid there. So. Yeah, it's quite arid there. Yeah. All right, I'll do that. I'll try that. Okay, thank you. This stuff about numbers and just intonation and J.S. Bach and all this stuff. Oh, my mind. My poor broken mind. I've been watching all these fucking YouTube videos about 440 hertz versus 432 hertz. Then I saw one of my favorite TikTok creators who's this kid who like builds his own generators and restores old automobiles and just basically lives in the past. He has a player piano and he retuned it from 440 hertz to 432 hertz because he said that 432 hertz was the music of the earth. Now, I've learned enough in the past couple of weeks to know that all that stuff about the harmonic frequency of 432, it's all nonsense. It's just a bunch of bullshit. I was really bummed out that this kid who seems like a scientific genius, like a savant, fell for this free harmonic frequency stuff, you know? But let's put that aside. That's just my own little personal TikTok disappointment. You know, I need to suffer through that alone. Um, let's turn to some feedback that we got about last week's listener commentary about, about these issues of mathematics and harmonics and old-timey harpsichords and all that kind of stuff. We had a message from Mike who had written in and said some stuff that I guess I misconstrued or misread because not only did Mike write in to correct himself, we also had other listeners write in to correct Mike. So let me just say very briefly, readings from Mike's follow-up email, 
When I said that we weren't using just intonation before we were using modern intonation, I meant immediately before modern intonation. Just intonation was a very early theory of intonation and one of a number of different methods used before Western music had settled on our current system of intonation. Then he moves to answer John's question. John had asked, how does anybody know how all this stuff was tuned? Because we didn't have recordings of any of this stuff because it was olden times. Mike says, to answer John's question, we know this early method of intonation existed for a couple of reasons. First, because it was a topic of debate that was argued about in various early texts on music theory. Intonation means the distance between two notes, and this can be expressed through ratios of numbers. While just intonation uses pure whole number ratios, different methods of intonation use different number ratios to express the distance between two notes, and we have past music theorist texts where they laid out these varying ratios. So, John, that's how people knew that old-timey music used to sound a little different, because the ratios were different. Just because they were arguing about it. Yeah, they were arguing about it. We also know this because in order to have keyboard instruments like harpsichords that didn't need to be entirely retuned in order to play in different keys, people needed to own multiple harpsichords <laughs> that were built to be tuned in different keys. I love that. That's when you got more money than cents. You haven't figured out a tuning system that, that allows you to play multiple keys on the same instrument. So it's like you need to have a different harpsichord for every key. It's like the old joke about the guy who was so rich, he had four limousines, one to drive in each direction. God, that I never to, heard that, that joke. That joke blew my mind when I read it in my big book of jokes and riddles as a kid. Yeah, that's anyway. a great joke. So let me ask again, when did this switchover happen? Like in the early 19th century, the early 20th century? I think it was late 19th century? century. I can't remember. I've already forgotten everything I learned okay. about it. All right. Sorry. But you got a DM or a post or something from... Somebody who had the perfect analogy. Do you remember? Uh, I remember that I sent it to you. It was uh, from our friend Ben. He sent this in and I was like, I can't read it. These None of these make any sense. I sent it to you and you immediately wrote back and said, you need to read this. This is the one that actually makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Explain it, please. Sorry. Can you read it? Where is it? Uh, yeah, I can read it. He said, I think I can explain the music tuning thing a lot more clearly than on this episode. Uh, so how do we measure a year? We say a year is 52 weeks and also 365 days, but 52 weeks is only 364 days. So, I, so if I ask you to start on Monday and count 52 weeks, you will end 364 days from now on a Monday. So as long as you are basing everything on a measurement of seven days related to Monday, it fits perfectly. And you'll say, I counted exactly a year. And you'd be right because you're consistent with yourself. But that only works relatively because every single week has to start on Monday. Are you following? Mm-hmm. Okay. But what if I tell David to count a year in days? He gets to 365 before he starts again. That's also a year, right? And that one day isn't a big difference. But in 10 years, you're already out of sync with David by 10 days, more than a week. That's really noticeable. An octave is like a year. It doesn't divide perfectly by how many weeks there are. That's why we have leap years to reset the calendar. But what if instead of having an extra day every few years, we just kind of sneak in a few minutes here and a few minutes there? Most people wouldn't even notice, but technically some days would be 24 hours plus a few minutes. That's good enough. It's within a tolerance. 
The way we used to tune instruments is like you counting weeks. You start on a Monday and then seven days later, you're back. It's more technically perfect when you zoom in, but it eventually brings us out of sync with the full year. That's the way we tune now. Technically, if you zoom in to the day or week level, you can tell that it doesn't divide perfectly, but if you zoom out to the year level, you don't notice the difference. Following? Still? Yep. Pianos are like calendars. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good analogy. It really is, except for starting the week on a Monday. I start the week on a Sunday. Well, right, but the work week. Yeah, the work week. And I will say something else as long as we're talking about analogies. Just as the calendar is a good analogy for the the musical scale, someone else reminded me that when we talk about base N numbers, remember we were talking about how 9 is a magical number because it's one less than base 10, which is what we count in. And for any yes. base N, the number N minus 1 is probably going to have these amazing properties. Yeah. Someone said, well, if you're interested in non-base 10 counting systems, look at the piano. The musical scale is a base 12 scale. So how do you like that? I'm telling you the connections with these numbers and all this other stuff that's going on. There's going to be mathematics in at least 50% of the areas of the earth in which you choose to investigate. Mark my words and mark my numbers well. Okay? At least 50%. At least 50%. Even that movie we watched called Nine to Five, there's numbers right there in the title. And those numbers refer to hours, hours on the clock, which accrue to become days, weeks, months, years, centuries, eons. You know, it goes on and on and on. The music of the spheres. Remember what Shakespeare said. If music be the food of love, play on, which makes no goddamn sense. But we'll put that aside for a minute. Because what kind of food do you play? I've never understood that. But he said that. Shakespeare said that. Yeah. And Shakespeare also probably had a little lute that he would play or a fiddle because he was a Renaissance man in ancient England. So now you know. The mathematics and the music is a subject that I am not done investigating. And I will continue to worm my way into these topics, taking whatever knowledge I can until all that remains is an empty husk and I have achieved full musical numero technology. All right. I'm done. Okay. I'm done with it. Oh, we, you're not done. You have okay. no idea. All right. You have no idea. All right. I'm going to hit you up so hard with so much. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, take a little break. Okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> That's good. Okay. And we're back now. And we're back. You know, a lot of podcasts do that so they can add in some uh, ads. Yeah. Get a little revenue. Let's take yeah. some revenue. Anyone want to advertise on our podcast? Seriously. Be surprisingly reasonable. Yeah. If you have a pitch for an advertising, advertisement. Yeah, you want to advertise for numbers? Contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Water. You know, for $10, I will publicly read out your favorite number provided it is under 10 digits. Oh, my God. There was some video you sent me that some listener had sent about. Oh, it was really fucking my head up. Something about these numbers and like. Doing one over n plus one over one over n plus one. I don't know. And is this the one I sent you yesterday that. that our friend Nick sent? I couldn't watch that one. I didn't understand what was. You happening. didn't watch that one. He said, "Send this to David. It's going to blow his mind." Yeah, I, it hurt you didn't my get head. it. No. All right, that's good. That makes me feel a little bit better. I have to set aside some more time to to watch that. Numbers are exhausting. I want to interview a mathematician. Is there anyone out there who listens to us who really is like a mathematician, but like on a theoretical level? I want to understand what numbers are. Yeah. 
get in touch if you're a theoretical mathematician or you know a theoretical mathematician who can who can answer with confidence when I say, what are numbers? I want to know what they are because I can't get a straight answer. Some people say they're real and some people say they're not real. Some people say we can live with them. Some people say we can't live without them. Numbers. That's my gig. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's it. I don't want to talk anymore. All right. Do you want to talk more? No, I don't. I, I, what is there to say? Whew. You're in the dull. It's, it's January. It's yeah, the most depressing go. time of year. It's cold. Real Everybody's failing on their New Year's resolutions if they were dumb enough to even make them, which I it's wasn't. It's raining nonstop in LA, which is just like everything just shuts down. It's been so gray and damp. Even yeah. I started to hate water. Yeah. So we're in the doldrums, as you can tell, but we hope everyone is doing okay, and we know that brighter days lie ahead of us. They do. It Literally, we're in this moment now where the days are accelerating in their brightness. Mm. Um, accelerated brightness. Accelerated brightness. Uh, so that is good, but it's still cold. And what's the point of it being cold if it's not going to snow? It hasn't snowed. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, hang in there, John. Yeah, you hang in, you hang in there too. Um, you know, Election Profit Makers. Yeah. Is an independent production, and you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/electionprofitmakers, and you can send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com or any other type of questions—questions questions about numbers or water. I don't know. Yeah. What, what That's else? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, All right. Bye. Yeah. Fuck it. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Have a great week. Yeah. Bye.